Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Show. I am Brain Lady Julie Anderson here again with you today to share another, some great insight, very timely information for this time of year. We're going to talk about money. <laughs> Something that is always on, on a lot of people's minds, but this time we're going to talk about you know, planning, not necessarily your business, but as a business owner or as a woman, more specifically, planning your money and having more control over your money and your financial situation and your financial future. And we are very honored to have our guest today, Renee Cohen, and she is a financial expert. So Renee, welcome to the Women Entrepreneurs Show today. Thank you, Julie. I'm excited to be here. And yes, this is a perfect time of year to, I mean, I think money is a, always a year round topic, but this is even a better, uh, perfect time, especially coming up with tax season and, um, and just the beginning of the year. Cause I know sometimes uh, we are always check marking what, how to be smart with our money at the beginning of the year. Right. Isn't that the truth? Well, let me read you, read for our listeners uh, a little bit of your bio here. Uh, Renee is a financial planner for the modern woman. I like that. <laughs> for the modern woman. Her mission is to teach women the art of managing their money in a thoughtful and pro proactive way. Renee brings a highly relational approach to demystifying money and tr for trailbla trailblazing women so they have a guilt-free personalized roadmap to confidently achieve the financial results they desire wh while enjoying their present life. And... Ladies, you all need to pay close attention to this because uh, if you are a woman entrepreneur, I know from experience, a lot of times we into the excitement of owning a business, of starting our business, of getting the message out there, but we don't stop to think about how are we going to manage the finances of that business and manage our finances when it comes connected to that business. So great topic, great topic and great. Um, very happy to have you here. So Renee, let me start out with, I always like asking um, our lists or asking our guests, what, what kind of drove you into or led you into this particular line of work? Like why did you become fascinated with, with managing money or helping women manage money? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's not something that I maybe growing up thought I'm like, hey, I'm always going to, you know, I want to be in finance. And it certainly wasn't a linear path into this. I think it really was really just about my own journey and my own evolution, not only, you know, personally, professionally, but certainly financially. And as I was really hitting a crossroad in my my previous career, which was in media, sports media, and maybe not understanding or, or really learning or really advocating for myself from a financial perspective and getting my value, just really felt the frustration of, you know, the wage disparity and really living paycheck to paycheck. And when I kind of looked for how do I be smart with my money? You know, I'm not, I'm not super rich now, right? I always thought maybe the myth was, you know, you need a financial planner and, and guidance when you are rich, but I'm like, wait, there has to be something that teaches someone how to get somewhere. If I don't have that knowledge. And I think especially for women, we're so underserved in this, 
in this realm and it can feel really overwhelming and confusing. So the more, you know, about 10 years ago when I started on this, my own journey and just really wanted to motivate myself, enlighten myself, empower myself. I really didn't see a lot of women that look like me where I can get guidance and have the type of conversations that, that, uh, that, person who understood me, right? I'm in my thirties. I wanted to maybe not start a family right away, but, you know, freeze my eggs and start, you know, and, and, and maybe I, I was a single woman living in Los Angeles at the time. Like I wanted to understate, have these kind of conversations and everything felt so transactional. Mm, I, I hear you. Yeah. I think you really hit, I, I love what you said at the beginning of your comment that you thought you had to have a financial planner that the only time you would need to help help with your finances or financial planning is if you had money, yeah. <laughs> but the way you're going to get money is to have be that smart with one, right. And be effective <laughs> and get that guidance. And that's where I think it's, you know, the more that, uh, and it's a lot of, it's a mindset thing, you know, mindset shift around that, but that's really my own evolution, my own money struggles and, the desire to empower myself and then have these kind of conversations with my girlfriend is what led me down this path where, um, especially as I saw the media industry changing and not really feeling compelled or be, being in a place to make an impact the way that I can make an impact in another way, especially in the financial side and money touches all of us. And it all means something oh, different right. to, to all of us either, you know, as a business, especially as women who are in business and so that's really, you know, it re- 10 years, 12 years, 12 years ago, if you said this is what I was doing, I've been like, what? But um, I always liked my dad uh, was a CFO in his career. And I learned about the basic principles. Um, but I still did, you know, as most children, maybe some things go in one ear and go out the other when your parents are talking to you and trying to instill some good stuff. But that's really my path. It, and I think it's just also a lesson to everyone who's listening is that, your path doesn't have to be linear within your business, within your money journey. It is, there's going to be ebbs and flows. And um, so, yeah, that is how I got into, into doing this um, for 10 years ago. So now was it your dad who taught you the value of a dollar? My dad, my parents really did teach me the value of a dollar. And I think now that I can, you know, obviously all of us have hindsight is 2020, but um, and a lot of my money lessons um, that I, that I, really maybe my foundational money lessons really were taught for my parents, especially the value of a dollar and, um, and working for that dollar. And, but at the end of the day, hindsight's 2020, I think some of those lessons that were taught by my parents and not that it was wrong by them. It was just that a lot of it was antiquated mentalities and money mindsets that really no longer serve me as a woman uh, in my forties in, you know, in 2022, I mean, the, the play, play, be safe with your money, you know, be comfortable and, you know, save it. And and I think that's what a lot of us as women were like, we're taught to save our money that I see so many women hoarding cash. We're not really getting into the investment game. So those are the lessons that I wish I had learned early on, but certainly the value of a dollar, but, um, from my parents, but maybe I feel like some of those lessons were things that I've had to really, uh, you know, change my mindset around and, and help women, you know, really kind of shed some of those antiquated mindsets that maybe we were brought up with. Yeah. So now you work with primarily women. Was that Mm -hmm. by design or did that kind of evolve as you got into your business? 
At the beginning, it was a little bit by design um, in the fact that my motivation and what really I felt was my calling was to really help women who just were like me, where maybe you were making decent money, whether that was in the corporate setting or had started your business and you just really didn't didn't have a place to raise your hand and say, I have some questions and I think we're supposed to know these answers, but we really aren't taught this in school or money has been such a taboo subject that you don't really, you know, talk about with your friends or with your family that um, I wanted to create a safe place for women. So that having these conversations. So I think organically, it really started with me having um, conversations with my girlfriends. Then when I got into the industry, really kind of expanding upon that to help me find clients, right, and really and and bring my visibility and 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 help my me from a business perspective to kind of build the foundation of my business. Um, And I think organically, it's just always, that's how it's evolved. Now, I certainly work with men, but um, for the most part, a lot of my clientele are women. And I think it's because I also relate uh, in a lot of different ways at different phases of their, of their lives. I mean, I'm a woman in my forties, so I have been through relationships. I have been, you know, personally, I've been through my own money journey and I still am living those things that I think I can relate in a lot of ways. So I'm going to ask you a question because something that you said in your comment made me think of it, you know, that women don't talk about this often. Do you think there's some, um, I want to say almost embarrassment that women have around, like, I should know this. I should know better. I should know this. And so they don't always seek out somebody to help them on that journey. They're like, oh, I'll I'll figure it out on my own. Or it's too embarrassing to tell somebody or to show somebody my finances, my my financial sheets. Do you find that that happens too? I find that it's it's really two things. One is that there's the money stories that we tell ourselves that like, we're not good with money. I'm, I'm, I'm running. I have so many other titles at home, whether you're, you know, whether it is a dual income household and you're a mother, you're a businesswoman, you're a corporate woman, you're the manager of the house, the laundry, the kids. And we have all these different titles as, as women that, and we tell ourselves, maybe I'm not good with money. I'll defer that and let my partner take care of that. Um, and really maybe take a backseat to the, some of these conversations. The other part of it too is, yes, I think women, we tend to be afraid to make the wrong decision or afraid to make a mistake and, or we feel like everyone, other people are way ahead of us. And that if I reveal what's really behind the curtain, I'm going to have shame and judgment. So I think it's a combination of all of that, depending on the person that is really, perpetuates, um, you know, the lack of the money conversation or just feeling or delaying the financial planning component um, in our lives. So what do you find is the difference then between, I mean, you may have already kind of answered this, but the difference between how men approach this topic and how women approach this topic? I think what's ironic, and I think women, we may wear our imposter syndrome a little bit differently than men wear our imposter syndrome, their imposter syndrome, is that a lot of the questions that women 
have about money and how to really be effective with their money. Cause there's a big difference of managing money and being effective with money. And a lot of men have the same questions, like where to put money, right? Like, I don't want my money just sitting in cash and like, are, is this the right investment vehicle? Or is this the right, you know, investments to invest in? Or what's, what are, where are, where are places I should be putting my money? X, y. They have these questions because I answer them behind closed doors. It's just that I think as women, we sometimes think that someone else knows more than us. And um, I think sometimes, very generally speaking, men are willing to take a little bit more risk. Obviously, this is all very generally speaking, because I don't, you know, there are men that are afraid to take risk as well, but they're a little, they're, they're able to take a little bit more risk because as women, I think we're just more risk aware. It's not that we're risk conservative and that we don't like taking risks. We just like to make calculated decisions and educated decisions where men sometimes may feel like, well, if I make a mistake, I can easily bounce back from that. Gotcha. Very, very interesting. So what are, how, so in, in keeping our audience in mind, our listeners in mind, what because a lot of them are going to be not just women, right? Dealing with mm-hmm. managing their finances and thinking about retirement or, or, you know, putting their kids through college or whatever that looks like from a mom point of view or a, a woman point of view, but also these are women who are in business. And I know mm-hmm. I've struggled with that financial end of things in the business. How do you manage that? Like you hear all this, well, pay yourself. You have to make sure you pay yourself and you have to do this and you have to do that. But there may be women out there who are struggling in their business. Their business is building, but there's that, that growth stage where there isn't necessarily a huge profit margin. Like what's some good advice that you would give the listeners on how to money manage that money in their business. So it makes it manageable Mm -hmm. in their personal life as well. Yeah, I think one is showing up as the CEO of of your life and your business, right? And a lot of times when we're running a business, it the, our personal and business lives are so blended. But when it comes to our financial life, just like you're running the business, you also have to think about you being the CEO of your life and making sure that your business expenses and your business, you know, financial planning is separate from your personal planning so you can make informed decision and it's perfectly okay as a business owner to, you know, really not maybe be running a profit, right? Not to be really making money as you're growing the business and there's no shame with that, but then making sure that you're structuring the business in the right way. So yes, do you need to pay yourself something, even if it's minimal, you know, so you can put money into a retirement account or are you in a phase of business where you are just, you know, a sole proprietor and just growing the business? I think it's really having the awareness and the intentionality so and having a good team with around you right whether that's a you know financial planner a bookkeeper a cpa so as your business is growing you know the different phases that you need to be able to and, and make those informed decisions and not run away from it because if you take some of the oh i don't like numbers i'm just you know i'm running my business and i want to you know just kind of grow if you take that mindset that you have in the personal into your business you're going to find yourself in some sort of hamster wheel at some point yeah yeah absolutely and i find that when i work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So from a brain point of view, as a brain, so I'm going to put my brain lady hat on here for a minute. 
<clears throat> when you scan the brain, the home of entrepreneurialism is, is the front right quadrant of the brain. So a lot of your entrepreneurs, that's their power home, right? That's the area of their brain mm -hmm. that they access with the most amount of ease. That's also the big picture, right? That's the innovation. So that's where you come up with the great ideas, but it's the big picture, right? It's not the detail tracking. The detail tracking is oftentimes the hardest part of the brain mm -hmm. for an entrepreneur to access. Totally. And it, it, it's so, it, I mean, it's so important in business, right? Yep. And as I mean, I'm a, I'm a strategic thinker. I'm naturally a strategic, big, big picture thinker, right? So regardless of what kind of business I am running, it happens to be around financial planning. And so I think people automatically assume that I am, you know, I know everything that I'm doing. And yes, I maybe understand concepts, right? And I'm doing things with my money. But at the end of the day, I'm also an entrepreneur that I have to, uh, and, and, and running a business that if I, I, I want to outsource things too. I want to, you know, a bookkeeper, I need to obviously outsource. I, I don't file taxes, right? I need someone else to help file my taxes. I want to be able to make informed decisions. If I remove myself from, Hey, just because I'm running a financial planning practice and say, I'm an entrepreneur as well. I can't guide those people in the right way, nor can I make informed decisions about the growth of my business and the direction of my business if I'm not putting on my CEO hat or if I'm running away from or allowing some money mindset or some limiting beliefs that maybe I've brought over from my purse into my for my personal mm -hmm. planning into my business, right? So and vice versa. So that's where I think it's really important to say it's and not allow ourselves to say just because you know I'm in a creative or I'm an in innovative and I want to be thinking about the big picture part of my business, outsource those things, but you have to be able to be in the driver's seat of making those informed decisions because no one else is going to be able to make those decisions for you better right. than you can. Yep. Ditto. I, I totally, totally agree. Now what's some of the, or what's one, I should say of the common misconceptions about financial planning or financial services that you want to debunk, that you want to make sure that people fully understand. One is that financial planning, it feels like it's a, a lofty thing and that it's only for the wealthy, right? And it's really about everyone deserves to have financial guidance and financial literacy, right? Maybe that there's, you may not need to have a partnership with a financial advisor or financial planner, depending on kind of where you're at in business or in your personal journey. But in today's day and age, we, there's so much access, right? Google is a, you could go really deep down into this rabbit hole called Google, but everyone deserves financial guidance and financial planning is not just for the wealthy. It just means making sure that you're taking actionable steps towards a bigger picture, towards a goal, and that everyone ha should have that. And it's really about the journey, the byproduct of you being effective with your money is you being wealthy, however you define being wealthy. Um, it's not about just, oh, I think so, so often it's like, go build wealth, go invest and go build wealth. Well, that's the byproduct of you every single day being effective with your money, you know, making sure that you're working on your money mindset and having those, especially as, a, as entrepreneurs, right? There's so many limiting beliefs that could come into our, the chatter that comes into our minds, right? Um, and making sure that you're taking those small, creating, you know, those small steps and creating daily habits that lead you to building wealth. It's not this arbitrary, oh, go build wealth. So I think it's really 
breaking that down and demystifying that it's that it's only for the wealthy. We all could be wealthy, however we want to define what being wealthy. Right. So you mentioned daily habits. So what's mm -hmm. a daily habit, a basic daily habit for a healthy wealth management, money yep. management, mindset, like what's a daily habit that someone can right now listening to this show, they can walk away and they can go, oh, I can implement that in my life. And that can be step one of my mm -hmm. financial strategy. Like what's, what's a habit that some, that we could all start to do right now that would help us in the long term. I think it's looking at your accounts, like whether it's your checking savings account, right? You know, like money that you have access to and just looking at your at your accounts, right? I think it's always important to have a um, just a portal where all of your, you know, whether it's checking savings, investment accounts, retirement accounts, having a portal in one place and just eyeballing that and, and kind of setting the stage of sitting in, in an abundant mindset. Right. And saying you don't have to kind of, you know, you're not having to calculate anything. You're not having to do anything. It's just like, hey, this is my net worth today. And making sure that you're you're nurturing your money mindset and your abundant mindset and not letting scarcity come into in, into it. That I think on a on a day to day basis is something that you can kind of nurture again, the mindset around abundance versus scarcity. If you're having a good moment, you know, not letting it get too high, or if you're feeling like, you know, there's a low moment, not letting the scarcity kind of drive you and make those fear-based decisions. And then on a weekly, monthly basis, right, is to have a money date with yourself, have a money date with yourself and your partner. Um, if you're in partnership about, you know, the cash, the flow of cash, I always say is be the boss of your money and making sure that, again, you are showing up as the CEO and knowing what money's coming in, whether it's variable or not, and what money's going out. And this way you can make informed decisions um, either on a month to month basis around what, you know, what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and those are really those are the small habits that you can develop that really that really lead to a greater impact over time. You can look back at the end of the year and say, this is by, by sitting in that and doing those things, uh, you can really feel the difference. Right. Right. I got it. And that's probably really a good thing to do in the, in the current client climate. Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's so much up and down and being able to mm -hmm. make sure you have your checks and balances in place. Yeah. And not get too emotional about it. <laughs> not get too emotional. And so understand, like, you know, I always say is organizing dollars into different timeframes, money that I need now, money that I need in the next three to five years, money that I need in the next seven to plus years, and then my retirement money, right? So I'm not going to worry about what's going on in the market in my retirement accounts, what's happening today. Yes, the markets are down, but I don't care what's happening in the markets in February 2022 if I don't need these dollars for 15 years or 20 years. Right. And if you panic now, it's not going to be there in 15, 20 years. Right. Do not panic. Do not let emotion. That is one of the things to also maybe demystify is not let emotion make the decisions about, uh, you know, make, make, the, make, drive you to make decisions around your money. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. So tell us what's been one of your most satisfying. We'll finish up with this. What's been one of your mm -hmm. most satisfying um, experiences or moments as a financial advisor? 
I think it's really the transformation that I see with my clients, right? I think the more that I also, the longer I'm in the industry, the continuing education, the, the, the designations that I have, that is all great. Not only, you know, not only to kind of bring that back to my clients, so I can help them continue to further their education and their transformation. Also for myself, I'm living my money journey perfectly, you know, transparent and vulnerable around that as well. I'm not sitting on top of a mountain looking down on people in any sort of way. It really is a transformation being able to have these conversations with clients where, you know, they they don't know the cash flow, right? They're afraid to look at the what's what's in their bank accounts and and because they don't quote unquote like numbers and they're not investing or they're not putting money in the right place, so they're hoarding the cash. And we go from putting no money into vehicles for growth to putting two thousand dollars a month, right? Or even five hundred dollars a month into something and being able to build upon that, where we can then look back and continue our conversations and say, do you remember when we planted the seed here and how we're continuing to nurture the forest? So the clients that I've had with, you know, for, for years now, we're able to say, Hey, remember what we talked about, you know, at the beginning, we're now in the forest, right? Just like we plant, we had to plant the seeds and maybe it doesn't feel like it's um, a whole lot. And that to me is so satisfying and watching them grow and evolve and I'm watching them dream even bigger or think about their goals in a bigger way. Um, is just to me is just, it's why I do what I do because um, that peace of mind and confidence um, bleeds into so many other areas of your life. Right, right, very nice. I love it. I, it's been a joy um, interviewing you. Now you have something that we can do. We can send someone somewhere where they can get a thirty-minute strategy session, complimentary Absolutely. strategy session, strategy session yeah. with you. So tell us a little bit. We just popped up some ways to get in touch with you, but. Tell us a little bit of what that entails. Yeah. So I know every every single person's strategy or where they are in their money journey is going to be and their goals and objectives are always going to be so unique. So everything that we talk about is always on a high level that, um, you know, create a safe place to either see if you're not sure where to start with your money journey. If you don't feel like you're a, you're in a place where you want to be or you're not sure about being on track and being able to, uh, you know, chat for 30 minutes, I can understand on a you know high level kind of where you're at, what you're currently doing with your money and provide some tips and strategies that could be um, useful for you. Um, and that is, you know, just an opportunity to get some more customized guidance based on your situation. Um, and, and I'm always a believer, the foundational piece of that is being the CEO of your monthly cash flow. I hate that word budget. So um, along with that, if you sign up for that, you'll also get my free cash flow sheet. Oh, I like that cash flow number. <laughs> it sounds so much more attractive. Engaging, right? <laughs> I think that it comes, you know, budgeting, we always feel bad if we're doing something wrong yeah. or we're missing the mark. And it comes from a uh -huh. scarcity mindset where, you know, cash flow allows us to think about from an abundant perspective. Right. Very nice. Very nice. All right. We're going to put up in for those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, as opposed to watching the YouTube video, um, we're going to put up all of the information will be on the show page. So you can also stay connected with her on social media on Facebook, right? She is yep. Renee-Cohen-Northwestern-Mutual. <laughs> but you'll be, you'll yeah. just find it. Just click on it. Just I'm click mainly on, it. on LinkedIn. So if people LinkedIn. want to find me on LinkedIn, I am on LinkedIn. So that is where I also post a lot more. So for sure. Awesome. 
And that's planning with Renee. That's great. Yeah. So again, we'll have all of these. You don't have to worry about jotting it down really quick. We'll have all of those in, in the show and all the ways that you can stay connected then with Renee. Well, Renee, thank you so much. This is a topic that I really think can be revisited on a regular basis. Um, we need to be reminded of this, especially when markets are the way that markets are or yeah. when we're in our, I mean, there's the whole thought of what do I do if I'm at a growth point in my business, but I don't mm -hmm. have the the cash, you know, how do I, how do I manage, you know, finding investments or getting a loan or all those different. So there's all different types of topics that we could explore in this, but you've been a wonderful guest today. And thank you very much thank for being you, on the show. Absolutely. Great having this conversation and yes, hopefully um, get some good guidance out there. I love it. Thank you, Renee, for being here. Thank all right. You. Absolutely. Okay. So be sure to connect with Renee. Be sure to connect with her on LinkedIn to follow her, to get her little tidbits of advice that I'm sure she's putting out there on a regular basis and have that conversation with yourself. Be sure that you sit down and you kind of have that cash flow. <laughs> Look at your cash flow, not your, not your budget, right? Make it a positive. Yes. The brain responds differently when you put the positive names on it as opposed to the ones that might have a negative connotation. And stay connected with us at Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. Join our Facebook group. We are there. We encourage interaction there. Our website is womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. We are developing that as the one-stop shop for women resources and success. Join us there. You can join as a member on the Facebook group or on the um, website and have your presence. You can have a whole web page on our website if you want for just $25 a year currently. So that is that is it's a great SEO for your for your business. Uh, be sure to like and follow thumbs up, follow the our YouTube channel to get this information out there. Share this information. This is this is great information that a lot of people should be, you know, paying attention to, especially in the current financial climate, right? So be sure to stay connected with us. And I like to finish up every show. As everybody knows, I just want you to take a nice deep breath. Things are a little stressful out there. So relax and just try to enjoy every moment.